This podcast is sponsored by Captain Wrigley's Starship Emporium. Hmm. What's a starship? Is the GM mixing his genres again? Well, apparently Captain Wrigley is a very handsome man and the greatest salesman in the galaxy. Whatever that is. Wait, who's that? Greetings, human. What? We come in peace. You come in peace? Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill? I'll show you shoot to kill, you witless drones. Take this fireball right in the face! Ah! Wait, what? They were just extras for the commercial. Well, why didn't you say so? Um, do I still get paid? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am always Am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Has ever transported to be here? Transported, as in you came in a car, or got sent to Australia, <laughs> one of the two, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just very happy. <laughs> you may choose one. Maybe more than one of those three. <laughs> <laughs> Any two of the three options. Oh, or you could go three for three. It's not an and-or proposition. Let's Fair go. enough. Hey, how's, onwards. How's your week been, Peter? Yeah, it's been lovely. I um, had a fantastic barbecue on the uh, Saturday. Yeah, I was at that barbecue too. Oh, were you? Funny that. Oh, yeah, there was someone who looked just <laughs> like you. I thought the waiter was so rude. He kept on coming up and like, talking to me. While <laughs> Be gone with you, Gasson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, peasants. <laughs> Your betters are talking. <laughs> yes. Should we do some news? Oh, yes, I suppose we could. How exciting. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast is yes. looking for you. For me? You. They're oh. advertising a job, and I think you're perfect for it. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like to return their calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you like to be the new executive producer yes. um, for D&D? Uh, what's an executive producer do? Well, they describe it as head of D&D TRPG, tabletop RPG, uh-huh. runs the D&D RPG business unit, right? and P&L at Wizards of the Coast. I'm not sure what P&L is. Profit and loss? Um, yeah, profit and loss. Postage and leeches? Um, oh, postage and leeches would be interesting. Yeah. Um, paragons um, and... Liches. Liches, yeah. 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 I, I, I guess, I'm guessing profit and loss. Yeah, profit and loss. Well, I wasn't sure how it... Because, like, uh, at the moment, like, Mike Merles yep. is the franchise creative director. Yeah. Which I assume, basically, he's in charge of the sort of creative direction. At the, well, yeah, obviously. That's what it says, <laughs> isn't it? Creative director. In charge of the creative direction. Yes. Ah, you are a force, though. I am so astute. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. Careful, my friend. You might cut yourself with those sharp words. <laughs> And there's, there's Nathan Stewart, um, who mm-hmm. he's the uh, vice president D&D franchise, mm-hmm. which implies there's a president D&D franchise, but I don't know who that is. Ah, their mystery will remain surrounded, their, their mystery, their position will remain surrounded in mystery and enigma. Yeah. Possibly wraps in riddle as well. Well, and then there's the EP, head of D&D tabletop RPG, runs a D&D tabletop RPG business unit and P&L. They bring business insight and creative leadership together to develop D&D's tabletop product offering and grow its audience and revenues globally. That sounds like an incredible string of buzzwords that they're trying to give It does, it does. So I don't know how it fits into that. I'm guessing... They want someone more like you, to be fair. Someone who's run <laughs> their own uh, tabletop company and fancies coming and joining Wizards. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm guessing that person reports to Nathan Stewart, but I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm sure. Guess. Well, I mean, apart from having to move to Seattle, which quite frankly seems like a lot of hassle. Um, I mean, there's many lovely people there. We've talked to several of them. Yes. Uh, but on and it rains there a lot, allegedly. Oh, okay. Lovely. And didn't, didn't we prove definitively in one episode that Seattle doesn't actually exist? I think we proved definitively that if you were going to Shadowrun cosplay, that you had to be there in Seattle. Mm. Uh, but maybe just the Seattle of the mind. Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm okay Every, for... Everything I know about Seattle, I saw on Fraser. Was he in Seattle? Yes. Okay. That was Fraser. <laughs> that was Fraser. I thought he was in Boston. That was when he was in Cheers. Ah, uh, my mistake. And he moved. He did. Hmm. Yes. Anyway, there we go. Yes. If you want a new job, that's a new job. 
I'm okay, thanks. I, I encourage every single one of our listeners to apply for that job. Absolutely. Every single one. And let Wizards know it was us that sent you. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, surely if you get... But what if you got the job? Then you'd have, like, so many angry, angry nerds blaming you for everything that I, isn't exactly yes, perfect. Yes, I suppose so. All right, listeners, don't apply for the job then. I've changed my mind. <laughs> Truly, you're as constant as a northern star. <laughs> I'm usually talked out of any kind of course or direction. <laughs> I would be a very bad creative director. Uh, let's go that way. No, that way. No, no, let's go over there. <laughs> let's do Planescape. No, no, Spelljammer. No, no, Dragonlance. Oh, go on. You say Dragonlance. It'd be like, yes! And that's all that D&D would be producing for the next several years. <sighs> You're a vegetarian, aren't you? I am a vegetarian. So you probably what? wouldn't be interested in a side dish of abyssal chicken. Well... I think anyone who does want to eat abyssal chicken really has bigger problems. However, <laughs> it's just, oh my days. This is a picture of an abyssal chicken, a monster that will be found in um, descent into Avernus. It looks like a sort of a carnivorous boot, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, it doesn't look a lot like a chicken, really, does it? No. It's like no. a big mouth with a big tongue, big claws. Sharp pointy teeth. Sharp pointy teeth. Absence of beak, are... absence of feathers. I suppose it's a sort of a beak, I don't know. It's angular, It looks more like certainly. an alien's face than a... Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that, like, you know, having an boss to come out. This is a tiny fiend, demon, chaotic evil. Yes. Wouldn't have expected that. Chaotic evil. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Oh, I didn't see that one coming. Um, and um, Chris Perkins from um, Wizards of the Coast um, tweeted this picture. Yes. And a tiny bit of its stat block there. Ah, bum, bum, bum. Um, like uh, one of its uh, traits is it's yeah. a bad flyer. Yeah. The abyssal chicken falls if it's airborne at the end of a turn. <laughs> Challenge rating one quarter. Oh, it's got two attacks. That's a yes. Thing. One with its bite and one with its claws. So it's much like a regular velociraptor, but flying. And Yay! Abyssal. An abyssal. Yes. An Don't forget stuff. the abyssal bit. Being immune to stuff also helps. Hmm. They also mentioned um, over on D&D Beyond, which yes. with an interview with Chris Perkins, yes. uh, which you can watch a video of, <sighs> um, he mentioned, you know the uh, Twinger from Tomb of Annihilation, these small elemental spirits? Oh, um, I've never actually got to play the proper game. Oh, right. I'm aware of them. Well, they're in there. Yes. And he wants to bring them back again in a future product. Nice. But he hasn't indicated what that future product might be or in what manner the Twinger, Twinger, mm. Twinger, might be brought back. Maybe it's a Schwinger. Schwinger. Hmm. Schwinger. Yeah. Oh, what's a gnome flare anyway? Um, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Um, but there's a picture of one. Oh, yes, yeah, the gnome flare is apparently also something that, um, that they'd like to bring back. That seems like a very specific sort of thing oh no so it's a gnome you know that uh, process the um, mind players yeah. use to turn people into mind players yeah but it's yep. what happens if you're a gnome and you seremorphosis I think something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's like a little little mind player gnome size little gnome mind player gnome size mind player gnome size mind player how adorable in a sounds creepy absolutely way. lovely uh, I want one as a pet uh, aside no I don't Okay, well that's next year. Well, that's next year's birthday present. Ruined straight away. <laughs> Damn it! Right. No, I want an abyssal chicken. Thank you very much. That's right. A real one. Yeah. I don't want like a fluffy one or anything. Well, chickens don't generally come in fluffy, so I think we'll spare you those into the things. Well, abyssal ones might. Yeah, it's fine. We'll just get we'll just get a boot, teach it to eat human <laughs> flesh, and there you go. We'll even get you a pair. How about that? You can a call pair. Them a pair of abyssal. Chicken. Oh, I see. I thought you like a pair, boots. as in a as in a piece of fruit. Uh, just be ridiculous. Come yeah. on. Anyways, there's a, a new D and D video game coming. Bum, bum, bum. Apparently, okay. What's um, it called? Not, not the um, not the Baldur's Gate one that we were talking about before. Yes. Totally different one. Okay. Connected to it. <gasps> Shocking. More than one D and D video game. Uh, but Wizards of the Coast doesn't look like it has anything to do with this one. So okay. this is a third party, and they haven't actually mentioned D and D. They just call it the Fifth Edition rule set. So what? Fifth Edition Vampire. No? Uh, no, no, fifth edition of D and D, clearly, oh, okay. but they just don't use the, the brand term. So it's called Solaster, Crown of the Magister. Okay. And it's basically based on fifth edition rules. Oh, um, yeah. There's a trailer which is oh, I'm watching about now, but it's um, mm-hmm. it's like a sort of animated cartoon thing with a very distinctive style. Who's making it? Um, from a French indie studio called Tactical Adventures. Right. Okay. I'm not really into I have literally video never. game studios. I couldn't the, tell the, you. These, these are not big, big names as far well as yeah. I'm aware. 
Oh, well, they've got a Kickstarter campaign set mm-hmm. for later this summer. Okay. And it's going to be a tactical dungeon-crawling RPG based on the 5th edition rule set where players control a band of four adventurers. Okay. Um, it places a heavy emphasis on verticality. What does that mean? Um, I guess going up and down between levels. Okay. And manipulating light to combat the creatures that lurk in the darkest corners of the tombs and caves you'll be exploring. Okay. Oh, yeah, here we go. Verticality. Solasta is a three-dimensional world yes. rather than a series of flat maps. Yep. Locations can be explored by climbing walls, flying, teleporting, crawling through tunnels, finding secret passages, or falling through unstable ground. Ah. Gosh. Yes, I Gosh. think there'll be a lot of falling through unstable ground going mm. on. Kickstarter Tactical Adventures is giving players the opportunity to be mm. heard by joining the community and backing Solasta on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yes, apparently showing light can give away your position, which is something that players in my games are well aware of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you can go stealthily or you can go with light, but if you go with light, yes. better chance of seeing things, but they'll be able to see you coming. Well, then again, if you were wearing plate mail anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's generally true. Although a proficiency in stealth can help. And uh, certainly if you have things like Pass Without Trace, then you're adding plus 10 to your roll. Hmm. Even at disadvantage, that means that... That still helps, yeah. You're standing the goblin, <laughs> chugging along there with their uh, passive perception of 9. Mm. Is not going, it may well not fail to spot you. Oh, we find a bit more information. Daryl dropped in a oh, yes, comment yeah. here. Yes. Um, so these uh, Tactical Adventures company... Yes. Um, the CEO of it is a guy called Matthew Girard. Mm-hmm. Matthew spelled the French way, M-A-T-H-I-E-U. Uh, uh, formerly of Amplitude Studios, and they were the people that did the Endless Space games. Ah, okay. Um, so that's, that's the legacy of them. Endless Space. Uh, 4X sci-fi games. Oh, right, right. So that's like very large strategy games. Yeah. Exploration, yeah. expand, exterminate. That yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. New D&D computer game. Right, so, I mean, get Kickstarter done later this year. Uh, out two years later, I don't know. Yeah, two, three years, depends on what they've got. Depends on how much they've already got, really, and what they're raising funds for. Hmm. Yeah. What else do we have? Chivalry and Sorcery. Fifth edition. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, fifth That's edition. Just launched on Kickstarter, as in, I think, a couple of hours ago. Is, is this a conversion of um, vampires to high fantasy? Or is this a different 5th edition we're talking no, about? No, it's the 5th edition of Chivalry and Sorcery. Oh, okay, 5th edition. Other games have 5th editions too. Do they? <laughs> yes. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> yes, there, there have been four editions of Chivalry and Sorcery, yes. and this is the 5th one. Ah, interesting, interesting. Yes, yes. Okay. Nothing to do with D&D, nothing to do with Vampire. I've never heard of Chivalry and Sorcery. Uh, tell me more about it. Uh, 1977, 1st yes. edition. It was originally published as a competitor to D&D. Right, right. Uh, uh, it's a sort of realistic medieval setting, sort of set in 12th century France and oh. 12th century Europe. And it's uh, back then, and bear in mind, I've never played it. This is just kind of what I know of it. Yeah, Although yeah. I have, I've actually backed this one, so I'm curious enough. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because so I've never actually played it. Um, from what I, what, what I understand, it was one of the early, very complex rule systems. Ooh, nice. Um, so uh, they're sort of trying to do all the stuff that D&D wasn't doing at the time. Oh, sweet. Um, apparently later editions were less so, though. Yes, yeah. So I'm told. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically you can like go around and then randomly catch cholera and dive dysentery and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, it's got things like this new edition um, um, adds Judaism and Islam to the established Christianity as the core faiths in the medieval setting. So you get you get the sort of way, direction they're going with it. They're, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I, I feel yeah. that will be handled sensitively. Well, yeah. Maybe. I mean, when you, when you, whenever you do that sort of thing, you definitely run the risk of um, yeah. getting Causing it wrong, controversy. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll do a bang up job. Oh yes. Um, possibly I could mention something that caught my eye and was looked, looked very exciting. Go on. Did you ever play Dungeon Keeper? That's video one with, game. Yeah, yeah. Where you controlled like. A dungeon, a dungeon heart, and you had like a... I think I've seen it. I don't think I've played it. Oh, it was excellent fun. You basically had um, a dungeon. You grew it from just a small thing with your trusty imps, and you trained your monsters. And and then you it was a bit, was it a bit tower defense-y? Uh, yes, and then there were um, heroes that came to try and kick yeah. in your stuff. So uh, there is a on Kickstarter with, all nine days at the moment, so probably about six, six days when you see this, mm-hmm. a game called uh, Wicked Wands. Mm-hmm. which is 
<laughs> in the Go the, the World of the Creatives is in Nagoya, Japan, but they'll be releasing it uh, through the medium of drive through RPG. Mm -hmm. And it's basically using uh, the Blaze in the Dark system to recreate the Dungeon Keeper experience. Wow, okay. Yeah, I've had a look through it, talked to some people who know a lot more about Blaze in the Dark than me. Yeah. That, that's not just random people. These are people who've actually read it for quite some time and are really into that part of the scene. Well, you didn't uh, just like, walk out into the street and say, You there! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell me your blades in the dark. I, I thought I'd try asking people who knew stuff <laughs> uh, just for change. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it because it, it looks pretty good. It's it is of course already funded. Um, it's not doing quite as well as um, a touch more class, but mm -hmm. yeah, what is? And it looks very nice. You can get PDFs for the various things and then codes to print them at cost on Drive Through RPG. Excellent. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of Dungeon Keeper, that could be a very exciting game for you. Anything else? Uh, uh, Mists of Akuma Adventure. Oh, yes. Uh, that's from Stormbody Studios by that nice man, Mike Myler's, perhaps? Yes, Mike Myler. Mike Myler. There's only one of him. Ah, I see. The many Mike Myler's. <laughs> <laughs> the many games of Mike Myler's. <laughs> Sorry, yes, Mike. He's, he's, got, he's, he's got all those doppelgangers. Or he can't mirror image a lot. Ah, I see. That's what happens. Maybe or maybe your eyesight's just really bad and you're just seeing double. Maybe you should be Mike Myler. Maybe he just moves so fast. Ah, I see. Well, I, I hear that one of his problems is that when he works too fast, he becomes invisible. Ah. So when he was talking to us, it's clearly he was a bit blurry, so therefore must have been multitasking. That must have been it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, so Mr. Bakuma was his, or is his, in fact, um, his, uh, how did he describe it again? Um, uh, Eastern steampunk noir setting. Was that how he described it? Uh, yes, but with, but with the option to edit out the steampunk. Yes. Um, yeah. So, fourth, fourth, fifth edition. I think there's yeah. a I fifth think edition a, of Dungeons and Dragons. Of Dungeons and Dragons, yes. yes. Not fifth edition of Vampire or fifth edition of Chivalry and Sorcery. Yes, or fifth edition of Shadowrun. Or fifth edition of anything else, really. Yeah, yeah. Fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And I think Pathfinder, I'm not sure. But, yes. um, yeah, so this is an adventure called uh, Honourable Wills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A gripping tale of intrigue and honour. Mm -hmm. Takes the adventurers from a chance encounter mm -hmm. with a kindly elder matron in Hofuku Prefecture mm -hmm. across the sea to the polluted islands of Uragi Prefecture and mm -hmm. into a death trap of enslaved waterfolk under the control of a madman. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, that sounds quite nice. Hmm. That's on Drive-Thru RPG, is that it? That is indeed on Drive-Thru RPG Ooh. in PDF and soft cover format. Lovely, yes, lovely. Very lovely. Uh, what else do we have in the news? We have a new article from Jim Ward. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. Of Gromage fame. Yes. Um, this one is entitled TSR's Amazing Accounting Department. Is there, by any chance, a touch of biting irony? <laughs> I, yes. I asked me. I think, I think that's amazing as in... Oh, so they, amazing. They did amaze him. Ha. <laughs> huh. Uh, that that's certainly a that's certainly a novel approach you yes. have there to accounting. Yes. Um, so basically, I mean, he he opens it up. He's he's talking about I wasn't much liked by the upper management of TSR after Gary left. Yes. Um, I don't do well with authority figures that I do not believe know what they are doing. So I was fairly sure I didn't have long to work at TSR. So this is yep. in 1987. Yes, yeah, he says this happened, and then he's relating some of the sort of struggles he had with the sort of product scheduling departments and the accounting departments and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Where he talks what he you know sees as common sense and experience, and they're talking, I don't know, what accounting is. speak. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and the conflicts that uh, the conflicts that arose. Oh, there's the Chuck Morrissey working there. No relation of yours. No relation. Well, maybe he is, and I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Where, where's he? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Jack Morrissey was the head of sales. Jack Morrissey, yes. And he was shot. He was, oh, he must oh, be a relation. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, the opposite must be true. Well, oh, oh, no. As long as, as, long as Morrissey, Morrissey isn't related to me, because... Oh, yeah. yeah. Nil <laughs> free zone. It's, it's not very nice at the moment. <laughs> yes, uh, what was the uh, end of that story? Uh, I've forgotten where I got to. Oh, yes, you were telling me that there was a problem. They kept on coming behind due to multiple scheduling Oh, issues. yeah, no, I mean, should I spoil it? Oh, oh, it, there's hilarity ensue. Um, well, I've closed it now. <laughs> okay. Do you, did you read the article? I got, I got distracted by all this talk about Morrissey. Yes, uh, it looks like basically he got ordered to do stuff that didn't make sense, so he kind of ignored them. Nah. 
Uh, went away and went ahead and did what he think, thought was best anyway, and everything worked out fine. Yes. That seems to be a recurring theme. That does seem to be a theme with him, yeah. Yes. Seems like he does that a bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to his autobiography, Jim Ward. I was right and you were wrong. Second losers. <laughs> 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 I, do, I, really, story. <laughs> I really do like his column. It's really, yeah. it's really interesting. Uh, it, 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 definitely very amusing. It's just a fascinating look into the culture back then when it kind oh. of... You know, it's so different to what Wizards of the Coast is now, where it's a very sort of efficiently driven corporate machine. Yes. And back then, it wasn't quite that. We'd say more of a clown car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, oh, it was very successful. Did you ever see those old, old Keystone Cops movies? Mm. Where they basically have, like, piles and piles of people pushing along like a car and all leaping on, and there's yeah. excitement when they're, like, turning corners yeah. and ladders and so forth. You, that's how you imagine TSR in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that seems to be how most things in the seventies work. I think I think TSR started off well. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was after Gary like Gary Gygax left and um, other people, Lorraine Williams and stuff, came on board that it all started to teeter. Yeah, well, people who were more business focused. Yes, yes. Which you would think would be good for a company, but yes. uh, who knows? But 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 I think there's a case of being business focused and really knowing what it is that your business is. If you're just looking at it as numbers, that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, right, all we got here. Origins Game Fair happened. Oh, yes, yes. That's it, that's the news. No. Okay, good job, everyone. <laughs> good work, good work. Oh, oh, did they manage to overtake UK Games no. Expo? No. Oh. So they are up 11% on last year, whereas UK Games Expo was up 18% on last year. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, Origins was in the fourth position last year. It's still in the fourth position. Mm-hmm. So it's Gen Con, Essence Org, UK Games Expo, then Origins right. in that order. I see. And this is like the defined as tabletop gaming conventions. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you start including video game conventions and oh, yeah. general pop culture conventions, then oh, you can right. multiply these figures by 10 and still not no. get close to them. <laughs> but yeah, for exclu- specifically tabletop gaming conventions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite cool that UK Games Expo is the third biggest in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Hmm. I'm told Origins Game Fair feels about the same size. I've mm. never been to it. I couldn't tell you, but um, yeah. um, maybe a, a little bit, a little bit friendlier. I think maybe because I think UK Games, Games Expo is starting to feel a bit like Gen Con. Mm-mm. It's starting to feel bigger, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I went to uh, Dragon Con a couple of years ago, and that's quite big enough for me. Oh, that's oh, that's way bigger than these, isn't it? Is it? I oh, thought okay. it was. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Why is it? Oh, what's, what, what does Dragon Con class as? I think it's a pretty much general one, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh well, in, in the US. Okay. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. yeah, that's not it's not a tabletop gaming one, though, is it? Yeah. It might have tabletop gaming stuff there, but yeah. it's got a lot more. We, we very cunningly got a hotel that was about ten minutes walk away from the main ones. Yeah, so that was right. I, I, walk up I, in the oh, let me have a look. Let me have a look. Dragon Con. I'm yeah. fairly sure Dragon Con is bigger than any of these, but I will look it up. Absolutely. Um, I. It was certainly a very crowded. Yeah, eighty thousand. Yeah. Eighty. Eight o. Eight zero. Yeah, right. so it's four times the size of UK Games Expo. Oh, okay. Yeah. We did feel quite crowded. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's considerably bigger. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a it was a good laugh. Played a fair few role playing games there. Yeah. Um picked up Zombie Side, that was my Did you go there for Dragon Con or Oh yes, yeah, so specifically for Dragon Con. Yeah. That was that was the main attraction. Yeah. There was also the Aquarium, which was very nice, uh, Martin Luther King exhibition. Mm-hmm. Still haven't been to Six Flags. Mm. Uh, that's a massive uh roller coaster park. That's the thing myself in there. I don't do roller coasters. Oh. I don't get on with roller coasters. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm not good enough for climbing ladders, let alone no. roller coasters. <laughs> well, it's quite fun when you just go up and up and up and up. And then yeah, you look down and like, oh, perhaps I've heard. It's for, cer- ah, for certain yeah. values of fun, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else? Have that, that feeling of si- sickness and uh, utter fear and abject terror. I mean, if you find that fun, fair enough. Well, you have turned an unfortunate shade of white. Perhaps we should move on to the news. <laughs> I'm only wearing sandals, though, and they're a very poor uh, vomit-resistant no, I am wearing slippers in a Jedi robe. Yeah, yes. Which you bought me yeah, on my birthday. Very nice of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I thought I'd go with the old-school Jedi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I should, if I'd thought of it earlier, I should have got you to bring yours along, and we could have done a little photo shoot. In, in, uh, that would have, photo shoot, yes. 
wearing it during the podcast. Absolutely not. It, <laughs> it, it must be like 23 degrees out there or something. It is quite warm. I might take this yeah. off, actually. Yeah, no, absolutely not. As long as you're wearing something, that's the same thing. Of course I'm not. No, of course ah. I am. Uh, where are we? What else do we have in the news? I don't know. You tell me. That might be it. Yeah. I think that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is the news for this week, apart from um, my quick plug for a touch more class, because hey, why not? You want to talk about a touch more class? Oh, yes. What's that? It is my Kickstarter. Oh, yes. yes. Doing rather well. It's about £46,000 now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's sort of slowed down from its previous rocket-like meteoric trajectory. Yes, we're in the middle two weeks now. When ah. it starts down. But it's still, like, for a middle two weeks, it's not as drastic a slump as I've experienced in previous Kickstarters. Okay. This one's, you know, it is definitely that U-shape is happening, but it's it's kind of skimming off the bottom. Yeah. So it's not doing too badly. It's still, yeah. like, doing about £1,000 a day. Oh, goodness. Just about, which is... That's quite a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I'm impressed and pleased for you. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. I'm uh, very pleased too. I, I guess it's just the power of word of mouth. Um, and with respect to that, if any of our listeners would like to tell their friends who don't who are into role-playing but don't already know about the podcast, about this podcast, what you think that would be swell. And certainly if you want to leave us a review on whatever app you're listening to. Yeah, we haven't had a review in probably this year. Oh, can you see his little face? You can. <laughs> but I can. It's very sad. <laughs> Please. And reviews really do, especially iTunes more than anywhere else, reviews really, really do help with their rankings. Absolutely. I think even more so than listens. Oh, absolutely. Just just one review from you could take this poor, sad little Morris and bring a little smile to his face. Oh, I'm going to put up my Jedi Rope hood now. Oh, oh look okay. at that. Oh, he, He's so adorable. Sad, he does. Uh, you, you always look sad. But, <laughs> oh, hey, look emotionally distressed as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, that is the news anyway. Huzzah! We are done with the news. We are done with the news. Here we go. Would you rather yes. have a house with no roof yes. or have a house with no walls like a cardboard? Interesting. Hmm. I guess the one with no walls would be better because if it rains, at least you get some shelter from the rain. Whereas if you have no roof, you won't get any. Yeah, I mean... Ultimately, if I got a house with no walls like a carport, I guess I could just hang up some draperies or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a roof is pretty much what, what makes a house for me. Otherwise, you're just living in a ruin like some sort of goblin. Okay. Yeah. So so you're, you're going to go house with no walls as, like me? Yes. yes I, We're both I, agreed on that. I, I, I think our innate Britishness is coming to the fore. We're like... <laughs> But what if it rains? Because that's <laughs> that's basically the first question that's always in the mind of any truly British person. Yes. But what if it rains? And it will. You're, you're, you're <laughs> in the middle of a heat wave in, in June, to which I would reply, well, this time last year, a couple of years ago, I did absolutely get soaked to the skin because it was raining. And in fact, last week I did. Uh, and the weather forecast says that this heat wave is going to end very, very soon and it's going to start raining. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. That um, fantastic work of fiction, speculative mm. fiction from the Met Office. Yes. So that question from the book, would you rather the outrageous book of bizarre choices? Excellent. Well, we should look forward to revisiting this on the podcast yes. in the future. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I've got here? Is it a tablet? A uh, not here. Here. Oh, what do you have there? Acquisitions Incorporated. Yes, yes. yes. Um, oh, yes, well, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, where to start? The latest book from Wizards of the Coast. Yes. The latest D&D book. It, it, it says specifically it's a D&D product created by, in partnership with Penny Arcade. Yes. So I'm not yeah. super familiar with the original podcast. No, no. But I know it's big. And I know that Penny Arcade tends to sell out, you know, big theatres and stuff where people come to watch their well, watch British, them playing live. Well, we were talking earlier about conventions, weren't we? Mm. And number five is PAX, which mm. I'm pretty sure is yeah, a Penny Arcade. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they are notable people on the scene. Mm. Um, and I'm not 100% sure on it because I actually know most of the people in it from mm. elsewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Krahulik, who plays Jim Dark Magic, and Jerry Hawkins, who plays Omen Dran. Mm. Um, 
they are the people who are Tycoon-Gay respectively from Penny Arcade. Yeah. And when I was much more into following the gaming news, I did enjoy it. Although, to be fair, Penny Arcade, if you're unfamiliar with it, is not necessarily the most accessible because it consists of a webcomic which requires you to read the article and follow some links before we can properly appreciate it. So it's actually mm, okay. some... It, it's almost like um, a newspaper cartoon. <laughs> so well, you have to be aware of the current events to appreciate it. That's interesting because I have now read this book. Yes. Um, coming at it basically as a acquisitions incorporated newbie. Yes. Obviously, knew it existed. I had a vague concept of what it was about and I knew I'd heard a couple of the character names. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was probably pretty much my, uh, my exposure to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've basically come at this, you know, as, as a blank slate. Yes. And um, it's done, I think, a really, really good job of explaining to me what the whole thing is. Okay. So, fortunately, I haven't had to read any webcomics or listen to anything or anything like that. Everything, this, just this book was fine. Yes, yes. Okay, so all the information you want is in there. Well, you know, there That's might good. be information I don't know that I don't have, but yep. oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know that I don't have it, so it doesn't matter. Ah, I see, one of those unknown unknowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was interesting, because this, this, I was reading this all the way through, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded me of something, and I couldn't think, what did it remind me of? And I was reading it, and I mean, this is really familiar. Why, why is this reminding me of something? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got like two-thirds of the way through when it suddenly hit me. Yes. It's Terry Pratchett. Bum, bum, bum. really reminds me strongly, totally, well, of Terry Pratchett. Well, so we're, we're saying that 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons, and Terry Pratchett are compatible, potentially. Um, yeah, I think mean, that's what this product basically is, I oh, guess. Are, are you talking like that? It's called Acquisitions Incorporated. From yes. the very little I've seen in bits and pieces, it seems to be about um, running a company. Yeah. So what happens is you um, you have a franchise yeah. of Acquisitions Incorporated, which is a big sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Faroon-spanning um, yes. organisation. Right. So you get a franchise, and yes. in this one, your franchise is based in um, Vandalva, not Vandalva, Vandalin. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, you can grow the franchise, and as the franchise grows, um, you gain certain abilities and benefits mm-hmm. as your... Uh, as your is your little business ah, grows in stature. Yeah, So it's, it's quite, quite cleverly done because what happens is, um, so the franchise is, your franchise has, I think it's four, either four or five levels. Yeah. And um, it goes up pretty much as you go up in tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it corresponds exactly to them, but because mm-hmm. I think there's like four or five of them. But, you know, you get to a certain level and your franchise then becomes a level two franchise. Right, right. So your, your starting franchise is going to be like, um, you know, a... a the area of a small town yeah. and the surrounding area is about 20 miles across. Okay. So um, what does, what does, what is your franchise for? So Acquisitions Incorporated, basically you are, you're essentially being your typical uh, murder hobo style um, adventurer. It kind of says, do it how you like, you do you. But okay. the idea is you're supposed to make profits for the overall um, Acquisitions Incorporated megastructure. You're supposed to manage the profit and loss for your business yeah, centre. Yeah, by plundering dungeons and robbing tombs and taking on different missions to clear out the goblin. You know, doing standard D&D stuff. I, I thought that was actually a job offer that was going earlier. Or perhaps the Wizards Coast had an unfortunate fatality. <laughs> Who can say industrial accidents uh, when dealing with trolls are possible and uh, unlikely to be mm-hmm. received? Yeah. yeah. So what, what you get is you basically get granted a franchise and a license to operate within a certain area. Yep. And you can't, you can't operate outside that area because they'll have granted franchises to someone else somewhere else so yeah. it's kind of like exclusive in exchange for that you get the backing of the organization and certain resources and abilities okay so you are you have a sandbox but where you can do what you like but you're quite sharply restricted in being in that sandbox yeah oh. uh so um it starts off like i said about 20 miles or so yeah, yeah. and you get to a level two um franchise mm-hmm. and it's larger it's kind of like a, a large section of the sword coast Oh, okay. It would be. Right. And a level three franchise would be sort of like, I don't know, the entire Sword Coast. Right. And a level four one, you're talking sort of like, probably it has departments on other planes and stuff. Okay. Wow. So that's um, that seems to correspond roughly to the various tiers of yeah. adventuring. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then as, as your franchise gets to each of those things, each player, in addition to, you know, you've got your background. Yep. which is your standard D&D mechanic. Mm-hmm. And you've got your class, which is your standard D&D mechanic. Right. But you also have a role within the company. Oh, yeah. Totally on top of all that. Mm-hmm. 
And these uh, these have um, funny names. Like, um, let me let me look them up. I can't remember them offhand. Mm-hmm. There was um, an occultant, for example. Occultant. Yes. Uh, a decisionist, a documenter, a hordes person, a lawmonger, an obviator, an occultant, a secretarian, and a cartographer. Interesting. So. If we were going to play guest the Kickstarter, I'd be like, that was all cartographer. That's someone who makes maps. Yeah, we could redo that then, just for a laugh. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say that was one of my slight criticisms. Is, yeah. Because um, I do, I do, I got to say, I do like this book. Yes. I think at the moment it's my second favourite after Curse of Strahd. Ooh. Possibly. I'm starting to think it's because I like it when D&D tonally deviates from the norm. Yeah. Like yes. Curse of Strahd. The, the high fantasy you're not looking on. And it's not that I'm not. It's just yeah. that... There's a lot of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when, when it experiments and does something different, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Company <laughs> positions. We were talking about company positions. Company positions, yes. yes. And so, I said, it's all, it's all very Pratchett tonally. Yes, which I, I, you keep saying that, and I keep on having my ears prick up in excitement, but I'm not convinced, but please okay. continue. Yeah. No, um, well, it's just even just like the, 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 the conversational tone in which they write the entire book. Yeah. It yes. doesn't read in the same way as a normal D&D, D&D book does. Okay. It's got this casual sort of conversational tone with little mm. in-jokes. And I mean, I wouldn't say they're in-jokes because I got them all. So they weren't, they clearly yes, weren't jokes that you had yeah. to have seen the same okay. But, you know, little, little asides and jokes. And uh, s- that you could work out what was going on. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Kind of, and there's a bit of sort of fourth walling, a bit of... Uh, meta joking about the genre as well and things like that. Is there notably more sarcasm than you'd expect from? Yeah, the maybe book? a little, maybe a little. Yeah, yeah. it will okay. say things like, "Yes," and then the adventurers could, you know, go and do adventuring things like loot a dragon's lair, kill some goblins, blah blah blah. Nah. <laughs> you know, uh, it will say, it'll say things like that. Blah blah blah. it'll say things like that in the book. Yeah. So, Aye. you know, okay. it kind of takes the piss out of the genre itself as well a little. Oh, marvelous, marvelous! Bit of a friendly parody. Yeah, think of it nice. like The Office crossed <laughs> okay. with. D and D. Okay, right. Do you yeah. know, so you each get a position. Yes. Uh, and uh, this is totally separate to your class, totally separate to your background, all this yes. kind of stuff. It's and, a brand new extra yeah. mechanic, friend. And Ooh. as your franchise levels up, yes, you just get these bonuses. You just get these abilities okay. and stuff. Okay, so they give you extra stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. it's totally on top of everything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. So number one is cartographer. Okay, so you're a map maker. Um, yes, you're a map maker. You have a sharp eye for detail, it says. Yeah. Um, you help your franchise by discovering and mapping new locations or hidden features, acquiring rare maps, mm-hmm. and using different modes of transportation in secure and clever ways. Oh, okay. So you're sort of a travel specialist as well. Yes. Uh, which I've previously identified as, like not on this podcast, just in general, has sort of a key conceptual role that mm-hmm. you need to do for a party and that's really quite good so at rank one of your um, yes. uh, your um, um, franchise mm-hmm. you get a free draft horse and cart um, passage on a ship or ferry mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, you can requisition passage on a ship or ferry uh, and similar transportation ah uh, yes yes and then in line with the humour could you tell us what it's called it's a rental. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I see. Uh, rank two, you get a spyglass of clairvoyance. Okay, that's good. Uh, and you also get the ability to perform a ritual using your cartographer's tools and stuff mm-hmm. to ensure safe travel. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Then we got a, a rank three, you get a map, a special map of shortcuts. Oh, get in. Uh, what else do we get? We get uh, Elder Cartographer's Glossography at rank 4, which gives you advantage on intelligence or wisdom checks related to geographical features or locations. Yes, and you know it's going to be good because it's got a a prefix adjective. Mm. Like, you know, direwolf, scary, elder direwolf, or more dangerous. Isn't dire the prefix of wolf? Yes. It's not your regu- wolf. regular wolf. Your it's regular wolf is wolf. pretty scary on its own. So a dire wolf, elder dire wolf, greater elder dire wolf. You're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Abyssal greater elder dire wolf. <laughs> At that point, you're like, the palette swapping has just gone to black and flames. I'm only like level five. I'm not qualified for this fight. I'm getting out of here. So yeah, an elder cartographer's glossography would be, I don't know, like it's a old style of... A list of words telling you about cartography? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Basically. Yeah. Um, right, so decisionist is the next one. Ah, yes. Yeah, so that sounds uh, good. Um, this is, I think this is the guy who gets to say, I love it when a plan comes together. Ah, yes. This, this sounds like the role I sort of gravitate towards. Yeah. 
Ja. Decision ist die Queen of Dis Decision Read. Es <lacht> 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 a Queen of Decision Read tells it doesn't actually have any um, divination power, but no. you're quite good at convincing people that it does. Yeah. <lacht> It's totally legit. Look. Yeah. As I win tells you to do. Look, oh, well, tell certain you. franchise decisions, right? Because this is a bit meta. Right? Yes. For example. So if your if your if your party is trying mm. to vote on something, yes. basically it says you get two votes. Ah. <lacht> <lacht> Marvellous, marvellous. Yeah. And then, uh, where are we? Uh, better odds at rank three, your coin of decision regains some actual divination power. Okay. Uh, at rank four, um, you can get three votes whenever your party decides <laughs> to vote on something, <laughs> but only once every seven days. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Shall we go left or right? Left! It's the way of heroes. <laughs> That's what the coin says. <laughs> Do not question the coin. Yeah. Uh, uh, the next one is the Documancer. Oh, okay. So that would be someone who is in charge of dealing with talking to documents. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that would be things like making travel passes, getting you into places. Is, is forging part of their portfolio? Let's have a look. So Documancer is you control and channel the power of the contract. Oh, nice. That you have with the yeah. uh, Acquisitions Incorporated Headquarters, head office. Mm. Um, so you bear the responsibility of managing a franchise's quests, mm -hmm. ensuring that every condition of the quest is fulfilled, and recording <laughs> and sending information vital to head office. Oh, okay. Uh, and another job, which I think I would quite enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you get? You get a, um, a gift of words at rank one. Yep. Um, you get advantage on intelligence checks to decipher codes or similar scripts. Like a contract, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a contract. Uh, number two, you get a documency satchel. Okay. And you can magically send and receive documents to and from head office through a special pouch. Oh, I see. Sort of like one of those pneumatic tube things, but <laughs> yeah. around your waist. <laughs> uh, rank two, you become fluent in boss. Ah, interesting. Of abyssal tongs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cast the augury spell yes. with the spell's omens of weal or woe based solely on the perspective of head office. <laughs> It should be noted that head office at times has a surprisingly high disregard for potential woe to its employees. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, you've got to consider the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be six foot under the bottom line. <laughs> Then you get a rank three, you start getting all this forgery stuff Ooh. that you talked about. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, a rank four scroll humidor. Okay. Uh, your satchel uh, becomes an, scrolls a, getting wet. an extra dimensional space. It can hold up to 30 documents or spell scrolls. <laughs> And then you get scroll service at rank four, um, where you can request spell scrolls containing ooh. a spell of up to third level from head office, and it appears in your satchel. Nice. For those occasions when you're like, you know what, we could really do with a fireball right yeah. now. Yeah. I won't read through every single one of these because there's quite a lot of them. So we've got the Horde's Person. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, which is basically the Treasurer. Tre tre treasure Wrangler. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Do they make deals as well? Um, treasurer, where are we? Uh, the Horde's Person. Uh, you are known as a trustworthy and responsible individual. You support your franchise by demonstrating accuracy, avoiding shortfalls, and anticipating resource needs. Nah. That does sound fun in any D&D game, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got the Lawmonger. Oh, that's L-O-R-E. L-O-R-E-M-O-N-G-E-R. Right, so... Uh, you know shit. Yeah, pretty much. Basically. You yeah. know lots of stuff. Um, yeah, knowing things is quite important. It's an often neglected thing. Uh, it says, uh, you might operate from the shadows resembling a clever spy master. So you might be like, um, what's his name in oh, Game of Thrones? I would say Varys, is that right? Yeah, Varys. Yeah, there you go. I'm guessing Varys. You'd be yeah. Varys. Uh, what else do we have? What else do we have here? Obviator. You hatch convoluted plots to fight the overwhelming odds presented by each mission by whatever means are necessary. Okay. okay. Uh, can you tell me a bit more about the Obviator? I'm not sure from the name what it is they do. Obstacles abound along the path to riches. Yes. A true. franchise's mission success might require combating a rival organization's disinformation attempts one day, then besting a castle's defenses the next. The day after that, some poor sap named Bob might need to be disposed of. And no matter what the type of challenge that needs to be overcome, the franchise's obviator determines the optimal way to shut down and destroy that challenge. Nothing personal, Bob. It's just business. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. 
it's also like a triple shooter. Oh, so that one is no, that one's the I. I love it when a plan comes together, guy. Then that's that's the Hannibal of the eighteen, I think. Mm, no, I would say it's more like from Pulp Fiction, that Mister Wolf chap they call yeah, him. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe that. Who, yeah, who, who rocks up, walks in, and says, "Yeah, we're going to need more tops." <laughs> well, that was a bunch of alchemy abilities as well. Okay, which is um, <laughs> God. Okay, so it's a D8 thing. When you first dabbled in alchemy, like number five, you think you might be addicted to holy water. You just can't stop drinking it long enough to find out for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Or as a server in a tavern, you would find the perfect hangover cure, but never wrote the recipe down. Now you're desperate to recreate it. I mean, this book is just full of that sort of stuff. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, it's all tongue in cheek. Yeah, what else we got? What else we got? The occultant. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I was seeing a tiefling holding a very large abacus. Yes. With little skulls for beads. So you track the creatures and foes that the franchise has bested or killed using an eldritch abacus. You measure the karmic coordinates of your franchise, hoping to gain portents of that which is yet to come. Okay, so it's different from the hordes person because you're less concerned with your physical cash and more with sort of your karma, as it were. Yeah, looks like. Yeah. Yes, it looks like your eldritch karma. Yeah. And we've got the secretarian. Okay, so... There we go. So look, why be an occultant? For example, yes. you watch someone close to you die oh. and were overcome by the feeling that you should be making money off it somehow. That <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. So secretarian, that sounds to me like... <laughs> why be an occultant? Number six, oh, yeah. you've always worn a lot of black. That's that good reason to be an occultant. <laughs> A lot of black school patch. Yeah. It was either this or Patrician, and quite frankly, that position was filled. So the Secretarian, everyone is a potential customer. Okay. It looks like you, uh, you're you good at marketing, promoting stuff, selling stuff. Oh, I would not have thought that Sales Weasel would be called a Secretarian, but well, okay. that's what it says. You advance your franchise by keeping staff happy enough, no. hiring competent enough workers coming up with slogans and catchphrases launching marketing schemes and getting jingles and slogans stuck in customers heads oh i feel that i feel i could also play that <laughs> join the dark side as well yeah. yeah um yeah so they're, they're the role so you get one yeah. you choose one of those and mm-hmm. they, you just get these abilities as your franchise goes up yeah that's nice why, why should you be a secretarian Let's have a look then. Buzzwords was your first language. Uh, <laughs> you love the joy that other people get when you tell them what to do. Oh, oh, that's a, oh you've always yearned to be in the people business because inanimate objects can't pay you. <laughs> you believe that customer loyalty can't be bought, but that it can be rented at reasonable terms and rates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a certain... Uh, I guess also like a vague tip touch of Dilbert bit of Scott Adams yeah humor. I guess so yeah, yeah yeah going on as well this isn't the sort of thing you break out for your uh, five year olds yeah. like your your introduction to D&D this is, this is for people who've served times in the office minds mm. uh, like ah yes basically yeah, yeah. Mm. and then what else have we got in this book um, we have got a big section on downtime activities a yes. whole bunch of new downtime activities so you can uh, mm. modify your headquarters restructure your franchise Explore territory. Nice, nice. Um, I, I'm liking do expo- marketeering. Yeah, I'm liking that exploration seems to actually be explicitly addressed in this book mm. and how to do it and like consequences and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is good. Like for some marketeering complications, yeah. the catchphrase or theme song of the marketeering campaign is a surprise hit, Woo-hoo! and everyone repeats it endlessly until they tire of it and begin blaming the franchise for franchise for mental trauma. <laughs> <laughs> What else we got? We got um, scrutineering, which is intelligence gathering. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shady business practices. Uh, schmoozing. Ah, uh, bit of schmoozing. Bit of schmoozing. Any complications for schmoozing? Schmoozing. Shortly after schmoozing, the character or staff member receives a love letter from a contact, whether that interest is reciprocated or not. Bum, bum, okay, that's a uh, yeah. So there's um, quite a lot of humour built in and also quite a lot of actions having consequences and we've got team building as well you can do spend time downtime doing team building (laughs) the participants learn way too much about each other yes each character participating in the activity must select a bond ideal or similar background aspect from their partner and come up with a story explaining how this becomes a conflict for them oh okay so that's quite good um it's almost using 
uh, a montage mechanic. Sort of, yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, well, it's all... Well, downtime is kind of like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, it can be. Um, yeah, so it's like throwing it in. Um, yeah, so just a chance to do a bit more of the role-playing, yeah. which is always a side shout. Um, I'm seeing like a little cartoon on the next page. Oh, this is player options now. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, like, other than those player options. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've got we got some new, new backgrounds. Oh, Celebrity yeah. Adventurers Scion. What's that? Scion. Scion, Scion. yeah. Uh, failed Merchant. Yeah. Gambler. Mm-hmm. Plaintiff. <laughs> rival Intern. How, how, how do you... How do you become a plaintiff? <laughs> plaintiff. Oh, where are we? Sure, accidents happen. But yeah. they seem to happen an awful lot when Acquisitions Incorporated operatives are on the scene. That seems fair. Naturally, nothing ever happens when there are no witnesses left behind. <laughs> but sometimes, one casualty is left a little less dead, less than dead, just waiting to discover what a lucky break the accident actually was. <laughs> you were okay. a victim of a legal incident that was ostensibly the fault of Acquisitions Incorporated. At least, that's what the local magistrate said. Right. <laughs> and then Acquisitions Incorporated offers you a job yes. as a payoff. <laughs> marvellous, marvellous. <laughs> uh, uh, what else have we got? Uh, we got a whole section of advice on different um, the classes. classes and just how they would okay. fit in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just advice, yeah. essentially. Okay. Um, a table of bardic insults. Ooh, have we got any good ones? Uh, right, roll 1d20. Um... Fifteen. Fifteen. You've got all the good sense of a mind flayer's last meal. Damn, so. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, truly, your intellect is as deep as a tensor's flying floating disc. Yes. Okay. Okay. They're not that witty, are they? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I've got better. <laughs> um, yeah, then we, you know, go through each of the cleric fighter. Yeah, yeah okay. All that stuff. So go through each of those. Helping you customise it to the setting. It's yeah. got like I'm seeing like the individual subclasses as well. It's giving you some advice on that. Yeah, yeah. So for example, here with the monk, it tells you all about um, the way of shadow, way of the drunken master, all these, and just how they would fit into the mm. into acquisitions incorporated. Yeah. Aesthetic business practices, yeah. marvelous. And we've got all those. So it goes through. Oh, it's quite okay. a lot of pages going through yeah. all of these. There's a lot of classes. Yeah, and then we have we've got a new race here. Oh yes, yes. the Verdan. Oh, yes, yeah. This is a bunch. Are they green? <laughs> uh, they are green, surprisingly. Beautiful. They were goblins and hobgoblins that got um, transformed and mutated. Okay. And now they get mistaken for green-skinned half-elves. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so when they're younger, they're size small, and as you go up in levels, you become size medium. So okay. they change size, and they've got limited telepathy and some healing ability. Okay. That's the Verdan. Bunch of new spells there. Mm-hmm. Distort value, yeah. fast friends, gift of the gab, oh, Jim's yes. magic missile, <laughs> Jim's glowing coin, motivational yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get the adventure. Oh. So that's basically the second half of the book. So the okay. first half of the book is, you know, rules <laughs> and players' material and all that sort of stuff, talking about the organisation. Yeah, it looks about 78 pages. Yeah. And then we've got about 100 pages worth of, um, <laughs> worth of adventure. Oh, okay. Uh, an adventure is called the Orrery of the Wanderer. The Orrery of the Wanderer. Orrery. Yes. Orrery. That word. Orrery. Yes. Of the Wanderer. Which is quite funny, because of course, plant means wanderer. Does it? Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, no, I did know that, actually. Yeah, you did. I did. Go on. I did. I did. Anyway, um, yeah, so um, it's basically six adventures. Yes. Or six episodes. Uh Uh, Each one takes you up one level. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is Orrery, which is in pieces. This is Orrery, that is in pieces. And basically, you have to gather the pieces and while dealing with a rival franchise. Yes. So, um, so you start off, I think it's in the second adventure, you open up your franchise in um, Fandalin. I don't know, I can't, it's really, really hard to talk about without giving spoilers. Well, 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 okay, you can say, did you like it? Is it well joined up? I did like it. Are they, are they very looks, episodic? It's, it's quite episodic. It looks fun. It's definitely yeah. a different tone yeah. to anything you've ever done in... I mean, it's still D&D. You know, yeah. You're still oh. going to be killing goblins and taking their stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a different tone to... Yeah. Would you be able to slot it into... Like, with Ghost of Salt March, you were able to take one of those 
uh, adventures and just slot it seamlessly into your What's Old is New campaign. I think really it, yeah, I think it's more linked than that. Yeah, so, so I think I think this is definitely one adventure with with six episodes rather than six adventures. Oh, okay, so you you would like people to play for it in order rather than just picking it up. Oh yeah, no, you couldn't do it out of order because you're following yeah. a trail of clues. Yeah. Uh, sol- yep. solving a mystery as you go okay, and gathering parts of a thing or would you have the opportunity to divert from the adventure path would that make it, it sense does, it does have some bits and pieces yeah it's got sort of a lot of these got these bits where when travelling between one and the next yes. it gives a short sort of like paragraph or two of things that you could divert and do okay yeah uh, or, which or little be... little mini adventures or encounters and things like that that you could do mm-hmm. so there's like space for a bit of improvisation and digression yeah. yeah. rather than just being completely on the rails yeah why um, is there like a clock or anything or a sort of time thing that is uh, pushing people I don't forward? think so no okay no. So, so I you don't could, think so could I think you get you get pressure from head office though ah uh, they're kind of trying to yeah they want you to get on and shut this stuff down yeah yeah uh, okay uh, and there we go. So that that that's the adventure. It's a fun adventure. Yeah. You know. Then we got appendices. Oh yes, yes. And that's uh, got the characters from the show. It looks yeah, like. So we. I, I mean, I'm not familiar with them particularly, but we got yeah. Omin Dran, yeah. Jim Dark Magic. We have Viari. Yeah. Morgane. Yeah. Uh, Flabbergast. Yeah. Um, then moves on to the C team. The C team. We have Donar Blitzen. Yeah. We have Kathris Draub. Yeah. Rosie B. Stinger. Yeah. Walnut Dank Grass. Yeah, okay. And then the B team. Bum, bum, bum. Brahma Lutier. Yeah. Oak True Strike. Pendragon B. Stinger. And Phoenix Amble. Anvil. 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 Yes. Wait uh, for the avoidance confusion. Or Dran and Auspicia Dran. Yes, Anvil being a thing that you beat. Bits of metal on. Yes. Oh, it's got some exciting and monsters. And we've got some monsters. We've got a Chaos Quadropod. Ooh. A Clockwork Dragon. Nice. A Deep Crow. A Deep Crow. Deep Crow. Does it there's, this, philosophy at you? there's this scene in the adventure where you have to basically become a marriage counselor to a Deep Crow, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, an Ancient Deep Crow. Oh. What a sort Keg of- Robot, which appears to have beer in it. Interesting. Splugoth the Returned, who is an evil goblin. As opposed to all those good goblins that you come yes. across. And then we got various franchise features Ah, for various other um, Dran Enterprises, the Zealots of the Silver Sliver, Affiliate of the Six, various different franchises, and some vehicles, a battle balloon. Look at that, that looks awesome. I see, so there's the option of um, getting, taking to the skies. Yeah, we've got a battle balloon, we have a mechanical beholder, (gasps) one crew, five passengers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was kind of fun yeah and then just information on the orrery 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 itself yes there are various pieces of the pieces of the chronolometer the dimensional loop the far gear the rotor of return the timepiece of travel and the wheel of stars are the pieces of it and a couple of pages of various trinkets a trinkets table and an index yes yeah free index as well yeah what's your overall impression I like it a lot I do I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. Artwork? Uh, artworks? It's mixed. Yeah. I would like the artwork more if it was more standard. Not, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be standard as in, in line with the other D&D artwork, but standard mm-hmm. with, uh, consistent is what I meant. Okay. Within the book. So you've got a lot yeah. of this very cartoony, penny arcade style artwork. Which I find very attractive. But you also yes. get a mix, you see, look at this sort of, you know, very cartoony looking yeah, mind flare, I guess. Oh, uh, mind flare with braids in its tentacles. I think it's meant to be a moustache. Is it? Okay. Yeah, like curled moustache. Yeah. And yeah. then you got um, these different styled maps, which are in a very different style to some of the other maps. And in they're the very book. small as well. Yeah, I'm not so keen on those maps. Then you get these maps, which are more standard. Yeah, yeah they're just traditional. So it's a little bit of a mishmash. And this picture of the lighthouse is clearly a totally different style. It's probably very good. It's a, yeah, great great lighthouse picture. But it's but a totally different style to the rest of the art. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that I found slightly jarring. Um, I'd rather they just kept with the whole cartoony style the whole way through if they were going to do that. Yeah. Um, with the writing... I mean, to be fair, looking through it, nearly all of it is the cartoony style. Look. Yeah. Nearly all of it. So, so it's it's most, only the occasional piece that stands out. Although the cartoon style itself does also vary mm. um, a bit as well. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So. Uh, but other than that, um, I like the idea of the company roles yeah, a lot. Yeah. I like them conceptually. Yeah. 
I like the funny names. I like the silly abilities and stuff. Yeah. I just didn't find each of them thematically backed up strongly enough. Like some of them, mm-hmm. you kind of read the description, and you're like, I'm still not 100% sure what this guy does. Yeah. And he's got some alchemy ability. And what? I, you know, sort yeah, of. Yeah. Like, like the obviator, I think if you're a big fan of the show, then you know exactly what it is. Yeah, but I guess, yeah. If I you're guess maybe at it from that. outside. Yeah, you know, I, guess, oh. I guess there's that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I absolutely love the tone. Like I said, it reminds me of Pratchett all the way through. Yes. Yeah, it's just like constant little asides and meta jokes and all yeah. this sort of stuff all the way through, mm-hmm. all in a casual tone. So Pratchett does Faerun. Um I mean, pretty much every table, yeah. um, you know, your YB, a cartographer, D8, you know, it's basically eight jokes. And, you know, pretty much every yeah. table in this book is a table of jokes. Okay, yeah. So um, it's definitely for a humorous game. Would it be impossible or unlikely to run a serious get a game with a serious tone off this? I suppose so. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess so. You could still use the adventure, surely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you could run a more serious... I think you might need to change some of the names and stuff because some of the names of NPCs and some of the names of company roles and all this sort of stuff are clearly jokes. Yes. In the same way that Terry Pratchett would use them, I think. And mm-hmm. you'd have to change those to more serious names. Oh, okay. Otherwise, you'd be taking your players out of... Breaking their immersion. Yeah. By throwing in, like, uh, joke names and yeah. so forth. But I, I personally would run it as it is. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like, the, I like the different... You like the humour... Yeah, I, I, I just like, you know, I liked Curse of Strahd because it was a totally different tone. And mm-hmm. I like this because it's a totally different tone. And I think I like D&D most when it's doing interesting new yeah. things. So so you, you definitely say this doesn't take itself seriously. Not even slightly, no. Yeah. No. Um, but does it treat the actual game as a joke? What, D&D? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it has a bit of fourth walliness to it. Yeah. And it ninks... It ninks? Links, yes. not links, winks, winks, links, winks. Those words that exist for us. <laughs> when they say use your words, I don't mean to make them up. Yeah, it winks and nudges at the reader all the way through. Okay, so some people might find that a bit jarring, a bit immersion breaking, potentially. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, you, you quite liked it, but like you could see that for other people it might be a thing. But yeah, I think um, the style of humour is one that I particularly like. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you're going for the Penny Arcade source book, then you're not expecting anything hugely serious. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's not its not a joke product. No, no, I don't know. Yeah. But it, There's humour in it. It has humour in it, but it is a solid, functional, good product. Yeah. It's this, not... This is a game. It's, it's not addition. a gimmick. Yeah. It's... You know, it's this is a proper this is a proper D and D book that you can play games on. It happens to have more humour in it than yeah. you would expect. A bit like, say, the Orville to the Star Trek. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of Acquisitions Incorporated, I'm sure it's a must buy. I'm sure Absolutely, it is. yeah. Um, I I'm not particularly familiar with them. No, I, pro- I probably will be now because I'm probably going to um, investigate them a little bit now. They, they have that's... quite a bit of podcasting to catch up on. Yeah, I'm not, not going to like go through a whole load of stuff, but I might see if I can find some highlights. Oh, absolutely! And just yeah. to, just to, just sort of get a sense of it. Yes, but certainly reading it, it's yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds, uh, sounds amazing. You know what we don't know though? We don't know something very important. Something very very important. It's super important. We just haven't done. Hmm. Should we rectify this problem? I think we should. Let's wait it! <laughs> Two, oh, okay. Sorry. Let's wait it. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. I hope you weren't using those ears. <laughs> right then. We have here what can only be described as a set of scales. Yes. Right. It is set at zero. Are you ready to weigh Acquisitions Incorporated? I'm ready to weigh. What does Acquisitions Incorporated weigh? The tension is killing me. Oh, 484. Grams. 484 grams. Yeah, uh, which is uh, one pound, two and one eighth ounces. There we go. That yeah. is what Acquisitions Incorporated weighs. How's and that? that, we know, is what everyone was waiting to hear. Yes. They've sat through all of that yeah. long, you know, preamble about what's in the book, but they didn't care about that. No, no, no. They just wanted to know what it weighed. Yeah, but we know what our readers, our listeners want. Our readers. <laughs> Their readers, our listeners. <laughs> Often the same people. I keep trying to read your podcast. It just... <laughs> it just doesn't work at all. Have you considered redoing it? Yeah. So we've got this other book here. Oh, yeah, just... This one, um, sadly, I've not had a chance to read yet because it's very, very large and I can only read one book a week. 
Uh, and I read Acquisitions Incorporated this week. Yes. But I'm going to attack this one. When I say attack, I don't mean, you know, yeah, sort so of... Just take it out of your hands. <laughs> no attacking the book. You could attack but someone with that book, though. You could. It's a, it's a weighty tomb uh, by Matt Barton and our good friend Shane Stacks. And it's from called Dungeons and Desktops. The History of Rock Computer Role-Playing Games. Excitingly, it's like its second edition. Yeah. Is that like a self-portrait of Shane? It doesn't look a lot like Shane. And if you remember Shane like, used to have long hair like that? That, like, <laughs> that, so that's a question for our listener Shane Sachs did you used to have hair because Anna Dragon you still does have hair well sort of he's got less hair a lot less I'm not uh, sure we should be like criticising his appearance on the podcast it, 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 there's a reason <laughs> it all, seems rude we, we've, we've, all, we've all gravitated to a medium which is a <laughs> non-visual for a reason let's put it that way um, oh there's got like a little rat playing with a joystick and a, a rat with an eye patch because of course, those are all things I associate with computer games. Oh, Dr. Matt Barton. Um, so they've got proper academic, and then you've got Shane, who is um, someone who is very good at communicating. Mm. So let's find out what his book weighs. How many pages is it? Oh, let's have a quick look. It's not a small book. It is not 614 pages. Wow. I would like to say, in, in the defense of Dungeons and Desktops, yeah. that this is not um, this is not this is not the same hardback format. As acquisitions incorporated, but is instead a softback, which of course does does make a difference. Right. Uh, Set okay. the scales to zero. Okay. Yeah, so Shane, this is this is what your book weighs. Here we go. Don't here we go. Stops. Second edition. Oh what? Wow. What? Oh wow. That's broken the kilo mark. <laughs> uh, uh, kilo and ninety four yeah, grams. Yeah, basically one point one kilos. Absolutely. And in pounds. Yeah, two pounds. Six ounces, six and five eight ounces. Wow! What, what a tome of a book! You would not want to get hit on the head with that. Oh no, no, no! no that'd just be awesome trouble. No. Yeah, yeah. A, a mighty book. Well, congratulations to Shane and uh, Matt Barton. Well, we've uh, we've fulfilled our duty. Hello, your editor Dale here. If you want more details about the adventure in Acquisitions Incorporated, plus a few mild spoilers for what happens in the adventure, make sure to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mores to get this week's bonus content episode full of entertaining bits from the recording that just couldn't fit into the main podcast. You'll also get access to the bonus content for every episode of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, which includes dozens of hours of more fun with Morris, Peter, and their guests. So head on over to patreon.com slash Morris and help support the show. I think we are done for today i think we are thank um, you everybody for listening yes it's been an absolute pleasure to be here as always uh next week oh, we yes. yeah next week i yes. think we're delving into the expanse aren't we oh yes uh using the adventure game engine yes from green running yeah well i'm i really should get up to speed <laughs> oh get back up to speed on the expanse because it's been a while since i've last read well, it i have watched i think two yeah i've watched two series yeah, yeah. i haven't read it i know i read the first book i think Yes. I, I read the first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched two series. Yeah. Um, the third one I see is on Amazon Prime, so I should try and catch up with that. Mm-hmm. And I've got the hardcover through from the Kickstarter, which I've only so far managed to glance through. But by next week, yes. I'll, I'll make sure I've read it. Be able to tell us in more detail. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of reading homework to catch on. Yeah. Who thought like being on a podcast involved so much reading? Ah. Uh. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I guess we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.